So you close the doors of your launch. You send that last email. And you wake up the next morning and you think, okay, what's next? Well, besides delivering the program, maybe you do a full debrief of what happened, whether it was a success or not. You gather all the numbers, all the statistics, all the metrics, the traffic, the email opens, the clicks, the sales, and you look at the facts. You see what goals you reached, the ones you didn't. But is that it? Today's guest, Sophia Sunwoo, who has been on the podcast once before, but she is a brilliant business strategist and coach, and she shares what she does and some of the important questions she asks beyond just gathering the numbers. Of course, we meander on to other topics too, so this is going to be a fun 30 minutes uh, and I think I think you're going to enjoy it. So if you're interested in some of these additional questions you should be asking after a launch, well, keep listening. The Fearless Launching Show was created to answer the question, how can I launch my big idea to the world in the most simple, straightforward way possible and reach more of the right people? I'm your host, Anne Samoylov, and I've been helping six and seven figure business owners launch for over a decade. And while I love geeking out about improving launches, new launch strategies, what's working, what's not working, I'm also obsessed with exploring the heart, the mind, the challenges of running your own business. And that's what we're going to do each and every week. I want to show you how to launch that course or coaching program or other creative work and navigate the journey of being an online entrepreneur. So if you're ready for some new perspectives, some new stories around launching, well, I can't wait to share those with you. Let's get into today's episode. Sophia, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you could join me today and we're going to talk all things, you know, sales, business, and really dig into some fun topics. So I just wanted to thank you for for joining me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me back on again, and I really appreciate it. I'm excited to chat with you today. And I know that you're in the middle of midst of a move, so I also just want to say that I have so much compassion for you. No matter <laughs> what's happening in the world, like moves are just kind of just like, ah, they like kind of just throw everything up in the air, and then you have to just start kind of unpacking things. So. Uh. It's, it's kind of the worst. I, I came into this experience really zenned out and stress-free. And today I'm just like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> this is the worst. It truly is the worst thing. <laughs> Not only that, I, you just shared before we started that you're actually kind of closing the doors to something this week. You're closing your applications for a program. And so that must be pretty wild. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, it's funny, like, even though this is like my fourth or fifth time running this program, I'm still learning so much. And it's just pretty, it's pretty fun for me, you know, the way my brain works is I, in the past, when I've worked at full time jobs for other people, I, I would get bored after about, you know, five months because the work wasn't very exciting for me. I figured out things pretty quickly, but, you know, when you have your own business and you're figuring things out, it's just amazing to me that even after doing something five or six times, it can still be 
a learning process and a growth opportunity. What do you, do you have a process you go through after you kind of get through, or do you wait until after you deliver the thing that you launched, or do you immediately, like, I don't know, like next week, will you kind of go through and start thinking about all the things related to the, the, this period of time and this whole process and be like, okay, this is what worked. This is what didn't, or do you have some sort of questions maybe you ask yourself? So I feel like the launch process versus the product completion process, they're two completely worlds for me. Uh, So after the launch process, I definitely go into deep reflection mode. Most of them are done while I'm walking my dog and just (laughs) really thinking through like, okay, did this perform well compared to my past launches? And for me, the criteria is always, was I consistent in the, you know, 15 to 20 things I was supposed to do to launch um, successfully? And if that was consistent and the results were different, what happened? Like, what did I do wrong? Or, you know, there's definitely a question of, is this right for my business? Is this model right for my business? Because I think that, you know, especially with coaching, consulting, education businesses, if you're doing some kind of one-on-one or group coaching work, um, there's obviously a formula that many businesses follow. You know, it's usually highly encouraged from a scale perspective to go the group route and one-on-one is usually a premium product and it's not really encouraged to have your business mostly be one-on-one just because it's not cost efficient from a time perspective. But it's really interesting because for me, I'm finding that that formula and that assumption actually doesn't work for my clientele. And, you know, with this current launch, and as I'm wrapping it up, I'm kind of realizing like, yeah, like the group was a, like the program was a group program that I was pushing, but I actually, I actually make more money like pushing individual um, packages and that type of service. So, you know, now I'm even rethinking like scaling back the group program approach for me and actually going the more individual route because, you know, my clientele actually uh, cherishes that type of engagement more. And that's actually what they need personally to solve their pain point rather than being in a group environment. So yeah, it's just like such an interesting process. And for me, it's really just dwelling on those questions of was I consistent in what I executed for the launch process? And if I was, um, what did, what did I do or what happened to change the end results? And, you know, if I wasn't consistent in the launch process, that questioning kind of ends pretty quickly because it's kind of like, okay, then obviously that was the problem that ended that resulted with like the lack of results. But yeah, it's honestly just me perseverating on those two questions and just thinking of every single possible scenario and possibility and just really, letting go of preconceived notions of what the industry of what other people say that is supposed to work and not work. You just don't know until you've tried it enough times, whether it's that like, Oh, I just want to work with directly with you. Or, you know, I was presented a menu of, you know, five things. And honestly, working one-on-one just seems like the best, but if the four other menu items would have been different, I might've chosen something else. So it's just like the amount of questioning can get pretty wild and ridiculous. 
Um, especially, I feel like, especially if you're, if you're like either one of us where we're kind of teaching this stuff and we understand the numerous possibilities that can infiltrate the result of something and, you know, you kind of fall into a dark hole. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. That's like the scary part of it is that when you do start knowing, like the questions just get deeper and deeper and deeper as you continue learning more. Mm-hmm. about like you said you've done your the this one program six times or so mm-hmm. and yeah like each time you first of all you learn something more about the people the type of mm-hmm. person the people themselves who do end up wanting to work in that environment and then then you also learn what you want too by you're like oh I know I'm supposed to want this, but how come this was easier? And I like that route mm-hmm. better because it feels just, even though it might not be on paper, like you said, like everyone's talking about scaling your group programs, but I go through phases though of that myself, where sometimes I just, I'm like, I don't care. I just only want to work with one individual mm-hmm. or two people or just a handful of people and on their own. Um, so it's yeah, hard. I mean, there's so many elements that could change you, the people, like how, like you said, how you're presenting are the two offers side by, are the multiple offers side by side? Is it a menu? Is one just a stronger offer? It's um, than the rest, and you just you, it just takes a while, I think, to wade through that. Yeah, and I think it's a really delicate balance too of like being reflective enough and confident enough where you're also not crossing the line of I'm doing something wrong, like, and just kind of uh, bashing yourself and pointing fingers at yourself that you're the kind of problem here. But obviously, at the same time, you need enough humility to be able to see when you are the problem. Uh, So yeah, it's like, it's such a delicate balance and so hard to shift through. And you know, I think that's why it's so important to, even if you're a solopreneur, like do not work on your business by yourself, like have a coach or a mastermind or something. This is the very reason why you need that type of support is because if you don't, you really can push yourself to a dark hole of asking yourself a million questions. And, you know, if you choose wrong too many times, you can really push the business in the wrong direction. That is such a good point. Um, You know, I'm actually in a group right now and I was just thinking about the fact that I've always been like a super independent worker. I don't want to show any my work to anybody. And I think that that's actually a huge downfall. Mm -hmm. I think that, like you said, when when you like show something to someone or you say, here are the questions I'm asking myself. So I'm doing the work to figure this out. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that person might say, why are you even asking yourself? Those two questions are irrelevant. Just focus on those two. Like it could be as simple as the questions you're asking. And Mm -hmm. so I I do, I, I think that that is so right on. So the question, the question is like, when you're helping people, do you, when you're coaching people and working with people, do you, help them through these their questions or I'm assuming it's they're going to have everybody's going to have their own questions but Mm -hmm. do you help them kind of figure out okay what does this mean what did what did this yeah 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's like a huge part of my work is being that soundboard and the person that's in the corner that, you know, you're a little scared of where if I tell you to do homework, you're going to show up and do the homework. But also if you are thinking through X, Y, and Z thing, I'm going to tell you if there is, if you're framing the problem incorrectly or, you know, you're asking the wrong questions or when you're beating yourself up too much. Um, you know, I often find that when it comes to most problems that female entrepreneurs struggle with, it's either a confidence problem or they're framing the problem incorrectly. And they think that they're diagnosing, uh, they're diagnosing a specific issue correctly when in fact they are not, they're not diagnosing like, oh, if they believe from their um, assessment of the problem that it's actually a social media Instagram issue where they should be posting on Instagram more. You know, I, because I have the experience of not only like having had several businesses now, but also working with multiple entrepreneurs at once and seeing the result of their actions, you know, I can give them the perspective of actually the real problem is in this like tiny little thing you're doing with your email marketing, not your Instagram that's contributing to this problem. So, you know, correct problem framing is also, you know, a big yeah. issue. And sometimes you need an outside person to kind of give you that perspective and kind of walk you out of that bias you may have. Yeah. Or just kind of point you kind of like, kind of nudge you to look in that correct direction. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm curious when people when people, do people come to you? Because something that I definitely see a lot of um, is, I mean, my own clients do this and I'm just getting, I'm, I really try to walk the line of, like, I know the answer kind of, I think mm -hmm. I know the answer for them and I can, or I can get, I can see that I could give them some direction. And mm -hmm. I also want to not have them need to come to me every time they need to make a decision or mm -hmm. to do something like that they could have, they could have figured this out um, themselves. Mm -hmm. But I, so I try to, I don't know, do you ever have that situation where you're like, okay, I wanna just guide them, but not give them the answer? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, a hundred percent all the time. And, you know, I always start off by trying to guide them towards that thinking process. And yeah. I would say 90% of the time, maybe it's because I've gotten pretty good at selecting clients. Like 90% of the time, like everyone has that tool set ready to go. It's just about someone activating it. And 90% um, of the time they figure it out just through lines of questioning. But if they don't get there, I also am cognizant, like it's my, they, they're paying me to like tell them the answers most of the times. Like a lot of times entrepreneurs who are stuck in uh, indecision and a lack of confidence, it's, it's coming from a place of not, they need someone to tell them what to do. And that to me, that personality type, it's completely fine for me to, you know, when it's appropriate to be that person that tells them what to do, because people also learn from that as well, where, you know, I'll have clients say, oh, I was about to do this thing, but then I heard your voice in my head saying, <laughs> you know, Jamie, don't do that. Sophia's going to say you have to do A, B, C, Z things. So um, I also understand that like through repetition, people start installing my voice in their head. So that's a learning uh, <laughs> opportunity too. 
I love that. No, I mean, it's only because there are sometimes you'll be, you'll be in some groups and I'm just saying this from the person who's been in the group. And so, and, and like literally 100% of the time, there is a question back that is kind of not very clear. It's almost to, I'm not going to give you the answer, even though I have it. And it's almost like every single time that is the, the way to go. And I just, I like to strike that balance because I do think that just like you're saying, there are some people that you want, yes, of course you want them to be able to come to the answer on their own and come to making decisions and doing all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you also want them to be able to succeed and they really do respond well to I think you should do this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, so you said that like over time that you, would you say that you have an easier time now um, working with the right people or finding the right people? Or do you still have people that maybe aren't exactly the right fit reaching out to you? Like, how does that, because- yeah that's an interesting one that I've seen throughout the years. Some things get better and some things are a little iffy for me, but Mm -hmm. I'm just curious. (laughs) Yeah. So I've definitely like, that's definitely been a journey for me too, where I feel like the first, you know, two and a half years of my business, I really struggled with working with the wrong people and how to kind of have a filtration system in place to filter out the people I didn't want to work with. And, um, you know, I can say that now I'm in a place where everyone I work with, I absolutely love working with them and they're the right fit for me. I, and I think that really came about from just being really aggressive about my branding and how I speak about the work that I do and the content that I put out there. Um, it's very, uh, what's the word it's it's polarizing in a way not it's not polarizing in a way that it's um aggressive but it's polarizing in the sense that it will it filters out the wrong people for for me um I have a lot of strong opinions about a lot of different things so when I'm talking to someone who is interested in working with me and you know they get to the point of paying the invoice uh the people that will pay for my work are the are only now people that are a great fit and my ideal client. So yeah, it's definitely been a journey and one for me that has been honed by just getting really aggressive about my branding and not being scared to be polarizing. Oh my gosh, that the not being scared to be polarizing, I think has just, honestly, I just feel like I go I I completely agree with that. And in practice, I just find that it's been difficult for me. I'm, I feel like I, I've been a lifelong people pleaser. So mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to hate me. It, it is the worst feeling if I think someone hates me, even if it's a stranger, I let mm-hmm. that, I've, I have in the past let that affect me. And I I feel like it's been taking, it's taken me a long time to, even now, like even now I will slip back in, but I don't know what it's been. Something about 
COVID this whole time. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know what? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of mm-hmm. it all. Like, so I'm tired of like playing nice and being, you know, being like accepting and being so gracious, even to people I don't, and you know what? I don't agree with that. Even if, and so now a lot of the things that I am sharing with people are things that even my own coach has said, and I'm willing to just say the opposite because I don't necessarily believe some, well, I don't believe something that she's marketing. It doesn't mean I don't believe in her. Um, Mm -hmm. It just, I have, I've just now started to be more consistently not, not trying to please. Mm -hmm. That's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it's it's definitely hard, especially if if that's something you identify as something you struggle with. I definitely understand that for sure. I think that you know, just being kind to yourself and understanding that it is a practice. It's, I feel like especially as entrepreneurs, we're so used to fostering this language of, you know, go get it, like you're a shark, and um, you know, take quantum leaps. But when it comes to this mindset stuff and reversing habits, beliefs that we've learned since we were kids, you really need to be kind to yourself about this is going to take some time for me to get better at. And I just need to be kind to myself that these are baby steps that Mm -hmm. um, I'm taking here and not quantum leaps. And that's totally fine. That's totally cool. There's like other areas of my business where I do take quantum leaps and you know, for some people, it's hard for them to take quantum leaps in ABC thing. Uh, and that's why they hire me for that ABC thing to help them. So, you know, there's like a constant um, exchange and kind of like your coach, like, you know, I'm sure that they provide support for areas where you need more baby steps with. And, you know, there's kind of like a constant exchange amongst like, you and the next entrepreneur and the next consultant or coach that you work with. So we're all kind of helping each other out here. (laughs) So I'm, I'm curious, like, so how do you, how do you actually find that the best process for finding that? I mean, what is your favorite way to really see that you can work with someone? Like, what do you like work with? I, I didn't intend to ask you this, but I'm curious if it's, just meeting someone and you're like, yes, I want to work with them. Or do you, do you like to get some other sort of touch point? How do you even know (laughs) when it's the right person for you? Because if you've worked with different people, I mean, because sometimes I can tell from an application and sometimes I cannot. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, I think for me, what's worked is like stopping that process of introducing people who don't belong to work with me like very very early on so by the time they get to the application point at this point I rarely get applications that aren't a fit for um to work with me and you know so this time last year I believe it was um I worked with a brand strategist to help me rebrand my business. And they really dug into my ideal clientele. And, you know, the strategist I worked with was a guy and he was like, look, Sophia, like based off of like everything you're telling me, as far as the type of clients you like working with and the people you get the most um, 
inspiration and good vibes from, and you just like love working on their businesses. Like they're all women. They're all female entrepreneurs. Why in the world are you not being aggressive about only catering to that market? And I kind of needed someone to have that real talk with me (laughs) and reality Mm. check, even though I knew it in the back of my mind, I was too scared to niche down that deeply because I've, um, I have a lot of experience in like creating business plans and pitch decks. And that's very much a Silicon Valley, like bro world. And there's a lot of male clientele within that. Um, But what I was really passionate about and got a lot of fulfilling work from was through working with female entrepreneurs. So for me, like having that really hard conversation with myself through the encouragement of a strategist, um, that really helped because then it wasn't just a feeling I was chasing. It was like a sound business strategy that a professional was telling me, like you are losing money by not niching down. Um, So that conversation really helped me to get really serious about this filtration system I wanted to create for the business of, okay, I only want to work with female entrepreneurs that are that have a specific value system when it comes to building their business. I'm not looking for an Amazon dropship type of entrepreneur <laughs> that just wants to make money. That is not anyone I'm interested in working with. I'm looking for female entrepreneurs who are creating their business because they truly believe that it needs to exist in the world for the betterment of humankind. Like they are impacting people in small and big ways, whatever that may be. And So I had to have that really hard conversation with myself and like someone to push me in the right direction of being brave about pursuing that. And then everything else kind of naturally flowed of like, okay, now I have my North star as far as like how I am molding this business moving forward and everything else, as far as like figuring out the content strategy the branding, uh, how I was going to speak about my programs and services, how emails were going to be written. All that came really naturally and easily once I got really, really clear on the North Star and um, basically just committing to that. And, you know, as I was mentioning before, now it's just super easy where on a weekly basis, I'm consistently pushing out content through my various channels that align with this North star that now when I get applications to work with me, I just do not really get applications at all with people who aren't a fit for me. So, you know, for me, what's really worked and I've tried this multiple times throughout my career. And the only time it's worked to filter out clients who aren't supposed to work with me is when I tackled it as early as possible at the beginning of the funnel you often don't figure out if someone's a right fit until you hop on the call with them and you get to speak to them. And, um, you know, I've definitely had those moments as, as well where I've had to pull out at the last minute because after talking on the phone with them, I was like, no, this person's not ready yet. And, you know, I, I think that especially because we're in the space that we are, I try to look at it as if this person's not a right fit for me, I, the best thing I could do is to recommend them to someone else that's going to get them and they're going to get each other and it's going, they're going to be the perfect fit. And I would be doing them a disservice if I didn't 
push them to someone else because you know for every person that's pushed out of my world like that makes room for another person that is the right fit to enter my world so you know i try to think of it that way is just like if my end goal is to be impactful then the most impactful thing i could do in that scenario is to just recommend this person to someone else and a lot of the times i actually tell the person like look i these are the type i explain to them these are the types of clients i work with and i break it down for them as far as like what stage of business they're at and i actually don't think that you're ready for me yet and you know here are some names if you want to work with someone who is maybe in support entrepreneurs that are like an earlier stage um than the people i work with but you know here here is what that person looks like that is ready to work with me if you ever get to that place of course come back to me if you're still interested but most times when i tell that to someone they usually don't come back which is you know benefit it's good for me and it's also just <laughs> yes. a nice way to say like hey i i want the best for you and i just don't think you're ready for me yet see sophia i knew like i know we kind of i had a feeling we had like similar values because I'm immediately thinking that I'm, I'm immediately like, okay, who would be right for them? I'm not even worrying. Like, I know that, I know that, um, actually, you know, once when I, ages ago when I used to teach Pilates and I would also have be selling packages too mm -hmm. for people to sign up for packages. Um, I would often tell them that they like, you know, Pilates is very, anyways, like some people might actually have injuries that could be exacerbated by just working with our studio because there aren't people who are also physical therapists. So mm -hmm. I would, you know, I would sometimes say, Hey, you know, I think you should work with that studio because, you know, they work with chiropractors, physical therapists, etc. And I was told so many times, you know, that's, you know, bad sales. And I'm like, well, we're not going to, we don't need to take every single person. Mm -hmm. um, especially if it's, in the end, it's not really doing them any service whatsoever. Yeah. If we're working with someone, plus, I mean, on a, on a personal note, sometimes those people you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be responsible for, for that person's like something like if I'm not the person for that person, or maybe they're, maybe yeah. they're actually even further beyond who I, who I work with. And I say, you mm -hmm. know, you, you need to work with someone like this. Totally. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, I mean, these are, these are the kind of things that I also think about just, and it's not just after launches, but I always reflect and I always kind of just peek at the people who are signing up, not all the time, but who are signing up for master classes and, and the lead magnets. I'll just kind of just go in randomly and be like, who's signing up for these, these days, who are mm -hmm. these actual people? And I'll try to figure out who they are. I don't take too long doing any internet creeping, but I do a little bit because I am curious, you know, like are the right mm -hmm. people even signing up for that thing that I put out? You totally. Know? Totally. So have you ever, do you ever do that kind of thing or do you ever like have that, I guess you can kind of do it on Instagram and see, well, who's following me? Who's, who's interacting with this and um, are they the right people for this part of, you know, the process? Yeah, that's always interesting. I definitely, you know, creep a little bit to see who's, <laughs> I'm always like surprised. I'm always surprised on how different 
my perception of my ideal client is versus who ends up following me on Instagram and I can tell that they're a real person. Uh, So yeah, I think it's like, it's very interesting, but at the same time, it's also interesting to think about that there is a certain group of people that represent different personas, customer personas that are at the beginning of the funnel, but they actually never end up towards the end of the funnel because, you know, at the end of the day, the only people I see if I don't do any creeping are the people that I close and end up working with. Um, You know, I usually don't see the people at the beginning of the funnel. And it's interesting to think about like, is that knowledge useful for me or is it just distracting me from what I need to focus on, which are my paying clients and who that, um, what that profile is of my paying clients. So yeah, it's interesting to think about like, is this useful knowledge for me or am I just wasting my time by like, yeah, yeah, doing that I mean, thing. It's hard. it's hard to like, it's like, I just sometimes, I, I don't know. I think it might be valuable to take like a snapshot every once in a while. But if you have someone helping you out who can just be like, can you just kind of see, just like kind of go in, see who's like, I, I don't even know if I would go to Instagram maybe, but that is the beginning really mm-hmm. of people's like first touch with you and just kind of say like, check those people out. See if you can see if they're on the list, see if they're where, mm-hmm. they, are, where they might be in the process and maybe not spend a ton of time on it because I do agree. I don't want to I definitely don't want to do stuff that's just a distraction. Just yeah. think you're doing something so important, but is it actually? Yeah, I mean, I always find it hilarious that despite my profiles everywhere say that I only work with female entrepreneurs, the amount of men, male entrepreneurs that are subscribed to my email list, like follow me on different platforms, it's always so funny to me because, you know, it's really when you niche down, even though you are so niche down that you only cater to a specific gender or age group or whatever it may be, you will still attract people who align with the value system you put out there, um, regardless of who you say you work with. Um, I was listening to a podcast and there is a vegan fitness coach out there and she actually gets a lot of customers who are not vegan at all. And when she surveyed them and asked them, I obviously write everywhere that I'm a vegan fitness coach. Why in the world did you want to work with me, even though you're not vegan? And they would always say, well, like my logic is, is that if you are talented enough to turn a vegan into like someone who's super muscular and bodybuilder shape, then you will have no problem doing that for me, this person who does eat meat. So yeah, it's really interesting when you do look at the beginning of the funnel to be like, this is not my customer at all. Like, it's interesting, you know, I guess my branding and my communications are working pretty well if I can kind of capture these people who are just moved by whatever mission and content I'm putting out there. Yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering too, is, would it only be really useful to do that digging if you're actually not getting the sales? At the end, maybe you do want to go backwards and kind of see where there's like a missing link in the chain Mm -hmm. somehow, but like, yeah. Totally. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a lot of, um, a lot of that backtracking happens when things don't work. When you do a launch, you sell a product and you're just like, 
ooh, like I really didn't make as much money as I thought I would. And, you know, that backtracking is definitely um, all I obsess about for sure when I'm in that headspace. Yeah. What is the difference, would you say, you, you work with female entrepreneurs or women entrepreneurs. Is there a difference between like, and what is it between the people who are generally in your more group programs and the more one-on-one or one-to-one work? It's been interesting for me to like see that and to reflect on that for me. Um, From what I'm understanding so far in my experience is I think that the group environment works really well for those who crave community and want that community. Uh, So I think that a lot of businesses in like the wellness space, the spirituality space, when they are working on challenges that require them to self-reflect uh that is where a community really helps you dig through that stuff but through my work i'm realizing that when you're a solopreneur on the um journey of not reflecting in other words going backwards but you're on the journey of moving forward they tend to want that one-on-one, like, let's get aggressive about creating a plan of attack for me. Um, I, I'm beginning to realize that in a group environment, even though the subject matter is to, like, grow your business and move forward, um, the downtime of reflecting on other people's challenges and whatnot, I think that that stresses a lot of people out. And even though the community feedback loop is really important and helpful in helping people learn more about their business via someone else. I think that the mentality that a lot of my clients are in as far as like being aggressive about moving forward and holding themselves accountable to different um, steps that they want to take, they just feel more comfortable doing that alone so that they can focus rather than in addition to hearing about all the things they need to do there for their business, having to hear that for another person's business, I think, you know, it seems to be stressful, but that's just like my initial assessment of the situation. Of course, who knows if I am correct. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I will say that like, I have, I have something that I work with people and I have a group component in it, but to be honest, I feel like it's nice as kind of like a check-in, but people aren't very engaged in what each other do. Like mm-hmm. they could literally be just working with me and we don't even need to call it a group anything. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that they are focused on making those, you know, it would just be almost too distracting for them. Yeah. And yeah, that's interesting because obviously that's so counterintuitive to what everyone else is doing and mm-hmm. what the, the business models that other coaches tell people that you're supposed to do if you want to scale. And it's like, okay, but what does scalability look like if that's just not on the table to do the group route? Um, what does that look like for that business owner that really does need to move forward with the individual one-on-one route? What does scalability look like for that person? So yeah, it's really interesting to kind of be open enough that you don't hold these gurus on a pedestal and like mm-hmm. take their word as as like biblical verse and you don't take it as law like you have to be really really thoughtful of um 
maintain an, a good balance of being humble enough to receive advice and constructive feedback, but at the same time, um, putting your foot down when you're kind of like, no, I'm the definition of insanity is me trying this over and over again and it's not working. So I need to be really thoughtful and take charge as far as like figuring out what's going to work for me. And even if it looks like it's different from everyone else, I need to be willing to be that black sheep and move forward in my, on my own path. Yeah. I think, I think that is so true. I'm, I mean, I'm all about looking at the way people do things, their process and, and maybe some, something like, but I'm always, I'm always just looking for, not to prove them wrong. I'm definitely not, but I'm also realizing that like, okay, I'll try this, but this likely is never, there is no out of the box because we are always in a constant kind of state of reflecting, shifting, tweaking. And so you might think that you're going to do this done for you, whatever, completely figured out thing. And it's never going to stay that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Definitely. Um, so Sophia, how can we get in touch with you? How can people who are listening um, check you out? And what, what is, what's the best place to, for them to connect? Yeah, so I'm mostly active on Instagram. So on Instagram, I'm Ascent with Sophia. And um, if you go on my website, ascent-strategy.com, I always have some kind of free resource I'm pushing out for that month. So you know, head over to the website and see what's going on at the moment that I can offer you for free. And, you know, on the website, I have a bunch of blog posts that come out every week. I have a bunch of free resources on there. So that's a good place as well to check me out. Awesome. Well, this was, this was fun as always. Um, and fun, total nerdy fun um, for me. <laughs> so I really appreciate it. I know you've had uh, quite a day. So Um, I just want to thank you again for making time for us and for coming on the show. Yeah, no, this was super fun and a nice brain break. So yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much for listening to the Fearless Launching Show. If you'd like to connect with Sophia, make sure to look in the show notes and you're going to find some links to reach her on social media as well as her website. Man, Sophia is one of the smartest people I know, and I always walk away with ideas, questions, and things really just to think about in my own deep reflection time. So if you want to connect with her, make sure you do so at one of those links. And I'd love to know what ideas or thoughts or things came up for you while you were listening today. So come let me know over on Instagram. You can reach me at Ansamoylov, which is pretty much what I am labeled every single place. And one more thing. As always, I like to ask you to head over to iTunes and just rate and review the podcast. I don't directly ask or I haven't in the past, the past five years, but I'm trying to get better at that because I want to reach more entrepreneurs just like you who are looking for new voices and new ways of looking at their business and really gaining new perspectives on how to launch and what to launch. So if that is you and you want to talk about that, then head over to iTunes. Okay, that's it for me today. Have a great one and I'll see you next week.